0: Welcome to Business Buzz. This is your host, Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm here with some real exciting guests today. I do want to start out, though, with something that's sort of been in the news. The Trump tax reform plan is starting to come back into the picture. I've talked about this before, but I think the main points I wanted to let you know that I think about it is that... Number 1 when they talk about doubling the standard deduction one of the things is everybody gets a certain amount of a deduction to reduce their taxes for single people it's around $6300 for married couples it's double that 126 this plan is planning to double that standard deduction which sounds good when you first hear it which means a married couple would get a deduction of about 25000 which is nice the problem is the plan according to the earlier version mentioned a couple months ago, it would get rid of what's called exemptions. So the problem there is that a family with a lot of children, if you have a married couple with four children, there's the standard deduction of 12000 plus an exemption each of around $4,100. So that ends up being a standard deduction plus exemptions of about $29,000. Well, now with a doubled standard deduction and no exemptions, that family's down to 24 or so. So for some people, this actually won't help them when they talk about the standard deduction going up. So I wanted you to know about that. I also want you to know that Trump's plan keeps wanting to do a thing called a pass-through rate that would lower taxes for a corporation or a small company owned as a corporation he wanted 15%. Now they're talking about 20%. Well, that's sort of strange, but that means that if I'm a small businessman and I'm making 50000 a year and I'm paying regular tax rates on that money, if I was to all of a sudden incorporate my business, I could cut my rates down into half of that. So that would be a little strange, and that's one of the things that he keeps promoting. I believe the main thing he's promoting is lower corporate tax rates. The United States has one of the highest corporate tax rates in the world, and that's been used as a reason why our economy could be better if we lowered our corporate tax rate. So one of his plans is to bring it down to like 15 or 20% from the top, which is now around 35. I sort of agree with that. Uh, It's going to have a lot of different factors to it, but the main thing is is that Trump is trying to lower the rates, and whether you agree with that or not, I'm just hoping he doesn't affect the lower end of the spectrum too much because right now a lot of people don't pay a lot of income tax anyway, and they get a lot of credits to sort of cover that and get a refund every year. And uh, I don't want to see everybody lose goodies also, but I do agree that corporate tax rates, we need to be more competitive with the rest of the world And if we had a real low corporate tax rate, you would definitely see companies wanting to do business here, and that would be bound to probably help the economy. But who knows what's in store? Most people figure it's going to take a long time for the tax rates to be changed and the tax law to be changed. So I doubt if anything will happen until 2018 or 2019. If it does, it might not be as big of a change as they're thinking. I also hope that he gets rid of a thing called the alternative minimum tax. It's every tax student's worst subject because it's so complicated, but hopefully they'll get rid of that also. So that's my just little diatribe about Trump's tax plan. I think it's got some good points. I think it's got some points that might not end up being so good, but by the time it all gets done and run through 435 congressmen and 100 senators, I don't think we're going to see anything that's super, super crazy, so I think it'll end up being okay. I promised you an exciting show, and I'm going to deliver right now. I have two guests in my studio. I have Mr. Scott Hubbard and Mr. Medi Beauchene. They're both local attorneys. How are you guys doing today?
1: Hey, good Fine, afternoon. thank girl. you.
0: All right. So, Scott, I see you're already laughing. How's, how's today been for you?
1: You know what? I don't think anyone's ever described me as exciting under any circumstances. <laughs> you've got to be insane if you think Trump's going to fix the tax code this year or even tackle it. Okay. I'm sorry. Here
0: we go. The, the gloves are <laughs> off. No, no. I think they'll propose something, but I just, you know, we don't know how long it's going to take. But I agree that it's, it'll be a long process. Mehdi, how you doing today?
2: Hey, Harold, I'm doing good. i got to take this go ahead. earphone off. So go ahead. That's fine. It'll voice. work
0: fine without it. <laughs> So, um, how's your day been going?
2: My day's been good. I've spent an inordinate amount of time with the not-so-exciting Scott Hubbard uh, getting ready for this afternoon, but... Uh, Lots my, of
1: drinking was involved. I'm happy to be here, <laughs> and I'm happy to report
2: that not even his wife considered him exciting on their wedding night. <laughs> oh,
1: Just had to go
2: there.
0: <laughs> okay. I, I knew these guys would be an entertainment for you, so that, that's why they're here. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about you guys' business, your local attorneys, and uh, Scott, what would you say your specialty has been? What do, what do you really, what, what's your passion when it comes to your law work? Malpractice? I was going to say <laughs> just trying not to malpractice my oh, clients' yeah. claims. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's a great goal. You can you <laughs> uh, do
1: that every day. One of these days, maybe I'll even obtain it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, I noticed that your license plate, uh, tell us a little bit about your, your license plate. It
1: says Supreme Court, Harold.
0: And, <laughs> but what, it, what does that mean to you? Well, there's this
1: court in Washington, (laughs) D.C. You went to law school with me. You should know what the Supreme Court is. I know what it means. I want (laughs) to know what it means to you. Okay. I used to... uh, Appellate lawyer. Since you want to talk about my CV, used to be an appellate lawyer. I say used to because I've been going into more uh, commercial development and business transaction law. And actually, we have... uh, um, we set up an Irish holding company to take advantages of Ireland's tax code. Oh yeah, for the lower rates. For the lower rates. So I'm something. I know something about that subject, and uh, I have to agree with you on that point. I mean, it'll never happen. But frankly, I get rid of the corporate tax code entirely. Make everything uh, taxable to the shareholders.
0: That's a great idea. I, I think that would really be a stimulus to our economy. Yeah. So,
1: well, it's also going to be a, a big downer because if you own 10% of GE and GE has $4 billion in profits one year, that means you're on the hook for... What's $4 billion? I, I'm watching oh, yeah. sweat right <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: now. But, but remember, remember if that gets translated somehow into like dividend income, we have... I, would, I wouldn't tax dividends either.
1: Oh, I no, just, I'm just
0: saying... The, right now, the dividend income has been reduced to the lower rate. So, right. if they were to put that into the dividend category, maybe it would be okay. I don't know. I, you know,
1: smarter men than me have tried, and I have a master's in international taxation, so you'd think I would have an opinion on this subject. Smarter men than me have tried to have tried to fix the tax code and failed. So
0: now, when you say you're an appellate lawyer, you actually practice before the uh, the federal appeals court. I. I have. the It's the Ninth
1: Circuit. It's the largest appellate court in the, in the, I got to say, United States. I was going to say world, but I'm not too sure about other worldly appellate systems.
0: It's also the most liberal, isn't it? Not anymore. Oh. No. Uh, well,
1: it, de- it depends on where you're standing on the, where the line of liberal is. Uh, okay. Here's what happened. George Bush came in, and he pointed out a bunch of conservative judges. And uh, prior to that, all the judges in the Ninth Circuit were liberals, you know, mostly, and so now you have a bunch of liberal judges and a bunch of conservative judges, all of them just fighting over the law. So it'll go one way on one opinion, one way on another opinion, and then back to the liberal side. And now you have Obama appointing uh, liberal judges, and Trump hasn't appointed any of them yet. So it just makes for a real uh, real interesting Read for case law and appellate lawyers. Wow! So, but let's talk about Meddy. Why yeah, should Medi. I have all the fun? Medi,
0: let's tell us a little bit about your <laughs> yeah, law. Yeah,
2: indeed. Let's talk about Meddy. It's <laughs> a scurrilous character. Um, so, I, I, I'm a firm believer that uh, you should not be a jack of all trades and master of none. So, my practice is limited to. Uh, Employment topics. We do. My my firm does workers' compensation defense in the state of California.
0: Defense. So you're mainly working for the employer. Yes. Depending again, depending on where you
2: stand on that line, I'm either wearing a black hat or a white one. Right. Um, but we do primarily workers' compensation defense. Uh, I have dabbled in some wage and hour issues, generally on behalf of employers, assisting employers when their wage and hour claims lodged against them. Uh, I am OSHA 300 certified. Uh, so that kind what of what is pl- OSHA 300 certified? Hey, I, it, I, I,
0: I bowled a 300.
2: So. <laughs> 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 that means I spent a week in classes with a, Certified industrial hygienist learning about safety orders.
0: That sounds awful.
2: It was, it was uh, almost as bad as taking the bar exam. It was a pretty painful experience. But the
0: fact that you have that qualification just gives you a little bit of extra it's knowledge.
2: A, it's a pedigree. It's a pedigree hmm. when I have to deal with issues that do correlate with workers' compensation. One of the components of workers' compensation is a statutory construct called serious and willful petitions, and serious and willful petitions are generally alleged against an employer. When there's a belief that the employer has gone uh, beyond the pale in their failure to mitigate safety hazards. Like will,
0: willfulness and all that.
2: Correct. Right. So if it's an unsafe work environment, the employer knew about it and it caused harm to the injured worker, there's a separate claim that they can file. Wow. So it's good to know the Calosha safety rules for that reason. But that's the limit of my practice. And uh, I am the managing partner in the Chico office of Mullivan-Philippi, and we're a statewide okay.
0: firm. Mullivan-Philippi statewide firm. Yeah. Wow. So are you guys allowed to bill a certain way, or are you hourly? How does that all work? <laughs> we are. Can you take a cut of this thing, or what? It,
2: it, it really <laughs> depends on who the client is. Uh, every, every client's got their own different setup for us. Um, when I have employers who come in to... My office, local employers who, for example, have a serious and willful petition that's alleged against them, Um, that is billed directly to the employer. That's not an insurable event, as you guys both probably know. Because it's willful. Because of the intentional nature of it. You can't insure an intentional act. It's against public policy. So they have to pick up the tab on that themselves. Right. Um, So I'm very aware of the fact that I am uh, spending little Johnny's college fund and uh, Susie's Brace's money and I try to be as judicious
1: as possible when managing those types of cases. Right. Is there a fee-shifting provision on that? So if you win, can you make the other side pay the fees? Not in workers' compensation. The workers oh, okay, compen- so
0: in workers' comp, you can't make the employee owe the attorney fees later if they lose? It's called the grand bargain.
2: Workers' compensation is, is a, it's a byproduct of a federal act and it's the grand bargain between employers and employees whereby the employee cannot sue the employer for negligence if they're hurt at work and the employer doesn't face that type of particular risk but the employee is limited in their recovery as to what they can recover for a work-related injury there's benefits for medical care for indemnity for lost wages uh, for indemnity for diminished capacity to earn in the future uh, there's a small stipend for vocational retraining if you can't return to your job. But that's the limit of the benefits you can recover. The upside for the employee and the reason why hey, we have the grand bargain is that there's a presumption of compensability. It's, it's a non-adversarial system. It's a benefits delivery system. Right.
0: So It that, gets the job done when there's a problem. <laughs> correct. So if
2: you're hurt at work and there's no dispute that the injury arose out of your employment and occurred in the course of your employment, you're going to receive those benefits. Uh, my job primarily on the defense side is to ensure that the right benefits flow in the right amount and not to
0: excess. I have a quick, real quick story. A friend of mine in college showed me a problem with his tooth. He had a big cracked tooth in his front tooth. Well, he had done it at a water park on Sunday. So when he went into work, I won't say the name of the company. Or Or the friend. No, he he came out of the bathroom holding his mouth like, oh, I just hit the faucet
1: for a worker's
0: comp claim.
1: What was he doing with the faucet in his mouth? (laughs) Hey, that's none of your business. (laughs) Just what type of job was
0: this? do, Do you sometimes get employees doing some bogus things and you have to help the employer fight that? Is that... Well, there,
2: there are certain, re- we call red flag claims. You know, the Monday morning claims, those are red flag claims. Right. Uh, the claims that occur after a long weekend. Those right, red kind flag of like claims. the water park. The water style, park, claim. Yeah. yeah. So there are certain activities that are immediately going to be a red flag for us that we're going to want to take a closer look before we make any recommendations on whether or not the claim should be accepted. Right. And a lot of the claims adjusters that we work with know these red flags as well. We try and train them on, uh, this practice so that they can be alert and aware of those and maybe bring them to our attention a little bit earlier.
1: Right. So, so I have a friend who wants to know what the red flag claims are, <laughs> you know, just <laughs> yeah, in I case. Yeah, I know this guy who, uh, yeah. <laughs> who who's, who's, thinking about coming to work and getting injured on a Monday. What do you <laughs> normally look for? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's, that's interesting because as he jabbers on here, Mr. Hubbard is, uh, Breaking into the workers' compensation business, he is uh-huh. uh, taking on uh, the trials and tribulations of the injured workers in Northern California and representing their interests, which Ooh. is
0: which is really could, ironic. Could this be setting up a big match, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Medi and I have known each other. I was thinking about that on the drive over. How long has it been? 30 almost 30 years. It's getting pretty close to 30 years. We used years, to work yeah. together. Did you guys like
0: go to high school together yes. or something? Yes, we did. Where at Chico, Chico high. high, okay. Yeah. yeah, oh, these are local chico guys i meant to say that earlier yeah native yeah. sons yes wow. so we're probably one
1: of the few people left alive who knows what dorks we were in high school i don't know what he's talking about
2: here, but <laughs> I was uh, highly respected my friendship and companionship was sought out by all
0: uh-huh. <laughs>
1: i have photos
0: <laughs> and, uh, and right after that we'll be after back after the break to talk to these guys some more so stay tuned
2: Thank you to everyone who has helped a friend fighting breast cancer, to anyone who has volunteered time or money to the American Cancer Society for helping us save lives. Thank you for all you've done for the cause and are about to do because it's time for the Making Strides Against Breast Cancer Walk. If we walk together, no one has to walk alone. Register and start fundraising today at makingstrideswalk.org. Making
0: Strides Chico is October 21st. Call 1 800 227 2345. When we air a program, first the sound reaches the 35 major and minor parts of the human ear. Then the message travels out from the ear across millions of auditory nerves. From there, it reaches about 10 billion neurons in your brain. Finally, the message and the teaching reaches your soul. Right here, you'll find speakers and teachers that go way beyond just being educational or entertaining. Because you are more than just flesh and bone and nerves and neurons. We air programs that reach the soul. You are locked into live radio, KKXX, AM and FM.
2: Hi, this is James McDonald, and you know I don't have to tell you that it's a tough economy these days. More and more Christian radio stations are buckling under the financial pressure of staying on the air. That's why Walk in the Word is inviting you to contact your radio station and support the good work that they do getting out the Word of God. They need you more than they ever have before. Why don't you call them today with your gift and support?
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. Anybody who'd like to call in and talk to these attorneys? Hey, you'll actually get a hold of an attorney. 894-7325. Feel free to call. Ask them anything you want. I don't know how much they'll tell you for free, but what the heck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of free and all that you guys do the pro bono work locally? Have you ever kind of... Oh, I
1: get... I do pro bono. I can talk about them because they probably don't have any access to radios. I do pro bono work oh. for disabled prisoners in Whoa. Stockton and Vacaville. You talk about some wacky stories. These are
0: state prisoners. State oh, prison?
1: Oh, yeah. These are state disabled prisons. Talk about big money waster. Here's here's prisoners. They're a danger to no one. They're The state spends... Half a, half a million dollars on these guys every year in medical care and medical treatment right. just to house them. And I think to myself, how many uh, regular prisoners could you keep uh, right, for just, that by, amount. just by getting rid of these guys? And so, so they're
0: in there, but they're like in a wheelchair. They can't they, go anywhere. Yep.
1: And they have uh, disability discrimination, ADA claims.
0: Oh. And
1: uh, they call up uh, because they know I'm one of the few, few, prison, uh, few lawyers who will take their calls. And each calls five bucks. And so they call me up because they have nothing better to do all day than to sit around and think about different ways that the prison is denying their civil rights. And so they, they call me up and say, Scott, they're, they were 10 minutes late in getting me my medication. And so I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's not an ADA violation. And I get about three or four. I've been cutting back on those.
0: Uh, lately, but you like, do, but you do offer your help, and you, I do, and you know.
1: some of the, some of them are absolutely the conditions. You really got to wonder what's going through the prison guard's head, because for example, there's a one-legged guy, and and they they basically said, all right, hop hop your way to the shower and go take a shower on on one
0: leg. They told him that,
1: yeah, no chair to sit in or or no grab bars to walk in on. So here's Whoa. this guy hopping on one leg in the shower. What do you think's going to happen? He's slipping, he. And he, he hurt himself. Wow. And so they said, Nope, not our responsibility, no liability, no nothing. And so we filed a, a lawsuit and Judge England, a, a federal judge in Sacramento, looked at the prison and said, What's wrong with you guys? This is I mean, this is this goes beyond
0: yeah, beyond correctional rules. Uh, I or mean something. and
1: those federal judges, they'll they'll give the their corrections officers every benefit of the doubt, and rightly so for a lot of these people. Right, but you know sometimes just the nuttiest thing goes wow. on, and that's just common sense. They does.
0: Bye bye. <laughs> so, so Meddy, your business you don't you don't get a lot of calls from the employee side. Or do you? Do you oh, get yeah. some of those?
2: It's rare. On occasion we do, but we just direct them to. You, you
0: know, direct them to other people specialize in the you employee You start side. directing them to oh, that's me That's right. Now. Scott's going <laughs> I'm Scott's sitting right here.
2: No, I, I, I find that the best practice when I get a call from an injured worker is to direct them to. There's a resource at the appeals board called the Information Assistance Officer. And rather than making a referral and, and having that come back to bite me on the ass later on. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, on the butt. <laughs> on the butt. Yeah, I heard. But dick, on the butt. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, he was I, talking about donkeys. <laughs> I, uh, I'll i refer him to the information to the software. It's a layperson, so it's not an attorney. They can't give you legal advice. Right. But they have access to a list of certified specialists in workers' comp who do uh, applicants' practice. Right. And so they can give you the names of folks to
0: call. Right. So you can help them if they call. Correct. Your firm isn't really specializing in helping he doesn't. His
1: firm isn't specialized in helping people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, Technically, corporations are people. <laughs> <laughs> right. They have all the rights of people now. Exactly. Thanks, now, one Mitt. other clarification: <laughs> I do believe, but I'm not certain. You guys might not know the word "ass" does appear in the Bible somewhere.
2: Well, there's there's a bone of an ass in the, uh, that was used by one of the many characters Javanass. of the Bible. ass. a yeah. ass. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, that's, that's fine. Know, I just want to yeah. clarify for This is for a Christian network, yeah. right? We're on we a
0: faith-based make... station, and we. <laughs> we like to clarify those okay. things. I appreciate that. And no problem. Now
2: all the guilt is lifted, and I'm Catholic, so I know
1: guilt.
0: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, do you? <laughs> I, You know what? I married a
1: Mormon Sunday school t- teacher, so I know guilt trips. Uh, <laughs> not that I not that I go on many of them, but I do have my bag packed at all times.
0: So let, let's let the audience uh, get to know you guys a little bit more on the personal level. Scott, you're married. How many children do you have?
1: Uh, you know what? I'm I have three kids, which, like I said, for a Mormon is is pretty good.
0: Yeah, that's not too bad. What yeah, are their kinda, ages right now?
1: Really? I'm oh, just their man. father. You're going to make me think about this. Sorry, and hey, and
0: sorry to put you on the spot. There.
1: 13, uh, 10, and seven. Wow, that's. Meddy, how old are your kids? That seems reasonable.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you married, Meddy? I am. You, I oh, am. Cool. Uh, uh, Great. Right. Married. I, I have four kids. Was uh, that a Chico? Um, Wedding, a, I mean, a Chico girl that you found, or? you
2: know, I'm gonna go ahead and give her credit as a Chico girl. She's uh, uh displaced from the Midwest at an early age, long enough where we can probably let her consider
0: right. herself so a she, native. But, but you guys met here in oh, Chico, yeah. Area, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, that's not, good. that's
1: cool. Not only that, I taught her how to swim back when she was she was a swimmer, same as me on the Aqua Jets.
0: Oh, and so, so you were I've, able known, to teach her?
1: I've known his wife longer than I.
2: Huh? Longer then, than I have, yeah. Oh wow, that's not, pretty cool. And not to make Scott and I's relationship any more incestuous than it already appears, but I met my wife while she was working
1: in Scott's office. Oh, hey. yeah, I know, right? What do you know? And course, I'm pretty I'm... sure I got her fired from <laughs> Scott's <laughs> right. office. But then we fired Meddy too. So it, you know, <laughs> there's <yeah>. this whole <laughs> full yeah. circle. Right, right. The it, world it all works out. I met my I met my wife at my office too. She was working for another local. Oh, wow, that's, that's is that you crazy. or me? Oh,
0: well, somebody. Forgot Someone to, forgot to turn forgot off this phone. phone that was
1: really, that was really crazy. So I met my wife, and you talk about business law issues. That was probably—I I tell this to her face—probably the worst mistake I ever met was to make meet my wife at my office because we started dating while she was still working in my office too. So. That, that relationship was going to end one of two ways, and that was either a marriage proposal or a lawsuit.
2: And I wooed her for many years trying to get her to sue Scott, and she would never <laughs> become a client of mine. No, so. it's
0: okay to date an employee, but it's not okay to date a client. Is that right? See, I would think it would be okay to date an employee but not okay to
1: break up with them. Because oh. it's when they <laughs> break up you got the problems. Because I had no names. I had a manager. Because in addition to being a lawyer, I have, what, three gas stations and 100 employees? And so I had one of my managers wind up dating one of my uh, my assistant manager, and that creates all sorts of complications because you have to make sure that it's, uh, the relationship is consensual. You have to make sure that there's no um, uh, that there's Quid no pro quo favoritism. Right. Well, and you s- may
0: end up having to call Meddy. <laughs>
1: I have called <laughs> Medi more times than I care to count, and yes, I would call him on that issue. And, and
2: there there have been quite a few stories that have resulted in me slapping my forehead
1: and uh, discussing in in earnest detail.
0: You mean with Uh, Scott's particular cases? I
1: get into so much nonsense, it is amazing. (laughs) I mean, I've had to dispose of two bodies at my station on two separate occasions. And I had to tell my manager after the first one, that if, different manager, mind you, that if someone dies at my gas station, I want to know about it. (laughs) you've actually had
0: two two stiffs selling gas
1: two it's one of them uh one of them was an od in our bathroom
0: and like shooting up heroin or something
1: well i don't know what i i wasn't around to ask and that was the first one and he came staggering out the second one was um um i can't blame the second one on my staff pancreatic cancer
0: and he, and he died on the spot? On he that? died at the pump. Whoa. So you know. I've heard that that's a fast acting one, but well, that's... I, he was already diagnosed,
2: so I wow. don't think it right. was like... Right. Where There's... did he have the nozzle? <laughs> I just... Can't... Good oh,
1: Lord, man. <laughs> this is a Christian station. <laughs> it's a legitimate question as far as I'm
0: concerned. <laughs> now, just to clarify, Scott is a businessman along with me and an attorney, and he's actually been in the business of owning gas stations for what now? Twelve... My, 13 at years? least
1: since uh, 19, ugh, I pick my eyebrows and it drives Medi absolutely nuts. So if every once in a while during the conversation, I should suddenly go quiet. It's because Medi probably hit me with something heavy, <laughs> and I'm on the floor. <laughs> but yeah, we bought our first gas station in 2006. And um, boy, I, I hate to say it because that thing saved our life. Because when the uh, two thousand and eight real estate crisis hit, right, that
0: wasn't good for the realty. No, section. that wasn't
1: good for the um, law practice. Right, and we were a family of lawyers, and that gas station kept three families alive. Yeah, that's. I know it's been so, a great.
0: It's been a great business. So
1: diversify, so diversify, diversify, diversify. That's my. That's my motto. And since then, we started uh, opening restaurants. We uh, just. We're opening one in Sacramento, Rock and Brews, with uh, Gene Simmons and Kiss, of all people, at the corner uh, on Cal Expo, on the
0: corner of... um... And right after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I wanted to hear about that. I I didn't know it was opening that soon. (laughs) We'll be right back, folks. Stay tuned. KKXX is excited to present Seeds of Truth with Joe Holcraft Each weekday evening, Joe has hosted the Catholic Hour every weekend for the last eight years. And Seeds of Truth promises the same Catholic understanding of sacred scripture, contemporary faith-based topics, and the latest news from around the world. If you have questions about faith, join Joe and the Seeds of Truth right here on KKXX each evening, Monday through Friday.
1: Hey everyone, let's all stop what we're doing
2: and take a moment. You see? Every moment can be kind of special.
1: But they can be loud moments, goofy moments, dorky moments, it doesn't matter. Because every time dads like us take a moment like that to spend with our kids, well, it's pretty momentous.
2: So let's take a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. We were just talking about uh, Scott's newest business. Tell us about Rock and Brews. It's not even my newest, but
1: yeah, so we we met up with uh, someone who uh, was friends with someone who they were going to open up a a franchise of rock and roll-themed restaurants because one of the partners had all sorts of rights to to the 1970s music like Kiss and uh, Boston and Led Zeppelin and Rolling Stones. And so here's this guy who's got all these rights and said, hey, let's open a restaurant. And his friends said, great. And so they brought in Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley as, as partners. And uh, they opened their first one in Manhattan Beach. And it did so well, they just started sprouting up all over the place.
0: Cool. So where's this one going to be?
1: This one's going to be, <coughs> excuse me, on the corner of Expedition and uh, Arden oh, Way. Right where Sacramento. El Torito used to be? Or? No, down the street from El Torito. There's this big three way. Uh, the big inter- shell station? arco station oh no, arco Next, okay. stop guessing Harold. yeah come on it used, <laughs> shell. It I used did to go not there used to be shell when my son was a it kid i used a... to
0: go to arden all the time maybe
1: in the 60s but today yeah that's right i went there there's there's actually <laughs> quite a bit of gentrification
2: going on in that area they've, they've oh. redone um the the shopping malls over there there's a new movie theater i think right yeah, across they, the street
1: well it was an old movie theater that they completely redone did they put in a nordstrom's rack they just put in a whole a whole bunch of stuff all within the last year. I mean, we just lucked out and got in the right place at the right time. Wow! Because there was nothing there, and so Cal Expo gave us a sweetheart deal. Uh, Raging Waters would beg to differ with you. Raging Waters is two blocks away, so <laughs> there. But Paradise <laughs> Island, which used to be the place, they would probably uh, um, agree with me because that place has sat empty for 15 years, and that's the old miniature golf peewee putts. Uh, go-karts, really, not ringing a bell no, for you no, at no. all. Is
0: the Elephant Bar still in that neighborhood? It is, down mm-hmm. the street. And
1: yeah, that's still open, right? It, it is for now. Yeah, um, Until cause that's, Rock and Brews, Because that's where Harold's going to go eat when
0: he's in Sacramento.
1: <laughs> we don't want this kind of so The Rock and
0: Brew sounds like fun, because the Hard Rock Cafe that was on K Street yeah, it's gone. Didn't, didn't last too long. Uh, well, and, it and now down.
2: now that again, talk about gentrification with the the new Golden One Center down there.
1: Right, uh, K Street Mall's gone. Thanks right, we're out. My favorite parking lot to put that that
0: it's center in.
1: God, and that broke my heart. I loved parking there. That was it's right, right near actually, the federal uh, courthouse. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so now now I have to park like four miles. No, you, know, you got to park at Macy's. Really? Yeah, right down
0: near the Holiday Inn.
1: I guess you do learn something from
2: Harold Show. <laughs> <Joe. laughs> <laughs> when did this turn into a uh, talk show about? Sacramento,
0: stalls in Sacramento in general. Yeah. About when the when it slowed down, so, <laughs> so let's let's pick it back up. All right, so then, so Maddie, what are your plans for uh, your future of law in Chico? Are you going to stick with the Workers Comp, or do you have other interests? When are
1: you going to announce your candidacy for anything? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's Scott always
2: pesters me about that. I, I spent a little bit of time working with Rick Keene. I don't know if any of your listeners know who Rick Keene is, but he uh sat on the city council for city of chico for ran a number of the years. city
1: he was a power broker
0: <laughs> wasn't and he then, the state assemblyman yes. or state
2: and then also an elected assemblyman for our district for uh two terms for washington
0: uh no no for the state for, for sacramento for yeah. sacramento right.
2: and uh great guy really sharp i've always liked rick and uh that that kind of did spark an interest for me in in politics but uh, you know Honestly, the vitriol and the bipartisanness, the the dirty, dirty dirty—I'd have a really difficult time with that. So I I kind of I've shied away from that in recent years. So enough about that. Um, It's just a matter of time, folks. (laughs) My, uh, you know, as as I said earlier, you can be a jack of all trades and master of none. um, But my my goal is to stick with what we're doing now. Uh, Good. I've I've gotten uh, sort of embedded with this firm that I'm with. It's a great firm, uh, excellent model. Um, I, you know, believe it or not, I have uh, an older sister who played NCAA Division I basketball for Gonzaga. I'm very uh, very pro the ladies, and so it's a very uh, top-heavy firm in terms of women in management-level positions, and oh. I like that. And uh, so I'm probably going to stick it out with uh, with the firm where I'm at and uh, try and uh, realize a monochrome of success uh, doing just that.
0: Well, okay. now, you've been
2: there now for a, a few years, right? I I was with a different firm uh, for a number of years, um, and then the opportunity came up to manage the, the local office, the, local the chief office. office. Right. So I, I, as much as I liked working with the folks I worked with at the other firm, I, I didn't want to pass up this opportunity. So right. in 2012, I left to come work for Mullen and Philippi, and I have never looked back.
0: Oh, great. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people never even heard of that firm because you do this work for businesses and... You don't advertise on television that I know of, or? correct? Correct. The lion's
2: share of my clients are the insurance industry, uh, what we call uh, captive groups, self-insured groups. People that you know, the, the Johnny on the street aren't
0: going to know about or hear about. Right. Those are you know primarily. Right. Right. So, yeah. so you're <laughs> mainly in touch with an insurance person who will say, "Hey, we got this problem. The somebody's getting sued." Yeah. Can you help this employer? So, some insurance contact and
2: then what, what we call third-party administrators or TPAs, people who are the intermediary between the insurance pocketbook and the Workers' Compensation Appeals Board system. Oh, okay. So I have a lot of contact with TPAs as well.
0: Wow. It's amazing how many things are going on in Chico that, you know, people just don't really hear about. Yeah, and, yeah. and you,
2: wouldn't, you wouldn't think about, and, you know, right. the…
0: the um, so your clients aren't necessarily Chico firms or are they? Some are some aren't.
2: I have some local businesses that are clients, and those are clients that are dealing with issues, like we talked about the serious and willful issue. Right. Uh, there's another uh, aspect of workers' comp, a 132A petition, which is a petition that alleges some form of discrimination against an injured worker for having filed a work injury claim. Oh. Those are claims that, again, they're not insurable events. Right. You can't tender that to your insurance company to cover that for you. Right. And so those have to be dealt with at the business level. So right. I have.
1: Do they have specialty insurance for just those type of claims?
2: Not, not that I'm aware of. If there's anybody out there in your listening world who has uh, some experience, I mean, there's EPLI policies, which is empo- employment practices liability insurance. But that generally tends to cover aspects of such as like a hostile work environment claim or sexual harassment. It still wouldn't
0: cover a direct willful violation or or discrimination.
2: Uh, Yeah, I'm not aware of any coverage that's available for the 132-way petition or the serious and willful petition. Because, you know, I've kind
1: of... Being You're always pers- on the cusp. Being the person that I am with the mouth that I have, i got to watch out for those discrimination, retaliation, and intentional wanton conduct claims. Well, it,
2: it, it's like I tell these, these business clients who come into my office on these types of issues. You can't go out and purchase a policy insurance that will cover you punching someone in the face. Right. So you can't plan on, well, I really want to punch Harold in the face. What if they really deserve it? <laughs> I don't know if that's a provision. But, but like you say, it's defense. against public policy to Correct. sell that kind of insurance. Correct, because right. it would it would promote bad acts. Right. So that's why when we have these types of serious and willful or intentional act claims, you're coming out of your own pocket to defend those. Right. So that's that's how I have relationship and contact with local business people.
0: Right. Wow.
2: So my firm also does work with a lot of public entities. Uh, so I have a lot of public entity clients. Like the county or the state? It's, Correct counties, cities, municipalities. Right, because uh, they
0: get claims too.
2: When, yeah. yeah, special agencies. Um,
0: you ever deal with like Indian casinos or anything?
2: Well, it's interesting you should mention that because they're they're sovereign land. They're right. basically they have their own rights. Well,
0: then to how bil- come they quit serving before two?
1: A.M. <laughs> <laughs> or P.M.? Harold, we're, we're really hammering <laughs> on the I'm important never there issues by two p.m. <laughs> he didn't even know there was a two p.m. <laughs>
0: Now, I was always wondering if they're so sovereign, how come they still fought, They choose to follow those basic rules of they can closing ex- the bar at 145, stuff like that? Uh, they can
1: accept or reject any uh, type of – But well, they now, could serve no, all night if they this, wanted. This Is isn't right? always true, though, because we researched this issue. I had a potential client on an ADA claim who tripped and fell on an Indian reservation, and it turns out uh, Indian reservations uh, are liable under the ADA.
0: Well, that makes sense because ADA is a federal law. Yeah, federal yeah, law. Federal law. Well, I'm just thinking about state laws because, like, Nevada allows 24-hour gambling and drinking, mm-hmm. but California doesn't. Couldn't the Indian casino go 24 hours if they chose?
2: Well, I, you know, it's an ABC
1: issue. And you know, I, think,
0: I think they sign a giant contract having to do with the state. To Actually, allow
1: all this stuff. I think it has something to do with the California Constitution because if you recall, they had to amend the California Constitution in order to even have uh, gaming on Indian. Uh,
0: even though it's federal, even land, though technically, it's it, right. well, I would
1: say sovereign technically land. sovereign land, right? And right. so that's the. Um, I don't think it's carte blanche authority to do whatever they want. I mean, you can't just like outlaw um, what do automatic machine or make automatic machine guns. L- Automatic weapons. Automatic. Okay, automatic weapons. You can't just say we're going to allow automatic weapon sales to two year olds at Calusa Casino. Come on down. I don't think that
0: works. So there is, it's not a complete blank slate there. Now, speaking of that, you guys, I know you're not involved directly, but I wanted to bring up an interesting topic. The new casino that is supposedly available to be built near the freeways down there, south of town? I thought it was around 162 and all that. On the one on that, oh, where 149, yeah, where it used to be the fish hatchery, they've been trying to build that. Well, yeah, but here's what I heard. I just heard that the Butte County supervisors have spent 175 thousand dollars fighting the new casino. And I'm just wondering what your take on that is, because to me, my take on it is the other two casinos, who aren't near a freeway, would probably feel like they're going to get hurt by a new giant Thunder Valley type casino. Right on the freeway near Chico.
2: I just want to know where the Buchanan supervisor's got $175,000.
0: <laughs> I haven't really gotten past that statement. <laughs> no, these are just things I heard. Wow. None, of this is, none of this is verifiable. And I, I was interviewing a journalist the other day, and she was saying without sources, she can't believe anything. And I was telling her, well, the stuff that I'm telling you, I believe, happened. You're not going to read about it in the New York Times. So, anyway... I, I don't know where the supervisors got that, but I think we need to open an investigation <laughs>
1: immediately. I, you know, one of the things that about uh, Indian casinos, and bear in mind, it's been a number of years since I've looked at this issue, is that they can buy any piece of land, it becomes Indian land, and
0: they can open a casino, <clears throat> isn't I think they have to, don't they have to trade for it? Their own, Do like you know? the Machupta on West Sacramento that little cemetery. Why are you both looking at because me like I like have... Because you're like the smartest one here. You should know these things. You look things. like the guy who knows something out you know? of these
2: two that I'm looking at. Look, <laughs> just because I'm stroking my chin contemplatively does not mean I know what I'm talking about. It means I'm thinking about dinner. It's
1: because if you stroke the top of your head, your hair would fall out. <laughs> I think I've
2: seen well, your hairline least, least, least he's not pulling inch. his eyebrows.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I do that
2: what to... hair I do have, I'm keeping in my body. It's not Now much. tell me,
0: Mehdi, are you French...
2: I, I am. By ancestry, yes. Yeah, Beauchene, It's like yeah. B
0: A U, right? Yes. Yeah. My
2: uh, my my ancestors wandered down from the uh,
0: uh, the great north of Canada into Minnesota. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. So don't go anywhere. Be right back with business buzz. What is that?
1: It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute Brad Dacus. The Religious Freedom
2: Restoration Act of 1993 emphasized that laws could not substantially burden those of religious beliefs. This act impacted some recent court rulings, which has reinforced the rights of those with religious convictions. Some argue that those of faith should have a more comprehensive burden of proof than just to say my religious beliefs and practices have been offended. Well, others say that the First Amendment is all that's needed to protect those with strong religious convictions. Well, Pacific Justice Institute reminds all of us that every buffer is needed to protect the faithful from encroachment from the state. I'm Brad Dacus.
1: To find out more about the legal edge, call 916 857 6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org.
0: I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend. But a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat.
1: Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit the shelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. We have a radio contest. Attorney Scott Hubbard just flashed an Abraham, which means... $5. $5 to the first person who calls this show before 4 so, <laughs> o'clock.
1: It's a contest to see whether or not Metty's firm or my firm is fast. Oh, you have to give
0: them the telephone number, though. It's 894 Call in and win that five dollars cash
2: come on guys i'd call call it a crisp dollar bill but it looks like it's been washed a couple of times and since
0: i'm a cpa i have to tell you that if you win this it is taxable income (laughs) (laughs) not for my employees they don't make enough
1: to pay income taxes
0: (laughs) right Uh, so metty uh how's the uh nothing in particular but how many employees do you have at your office is there like a lot of clerical staff or is it mostly legal staff
2: well, it's, it's, we call them administrative staff. So I've got uh, two attorneys that work in my office uh, that are associate attorneys, and then I've got four clerical staff or administrative staff, okay. an office manager, right. and then secretarial leads right. that basically are designed to help us with the day-to-day tasks of file management.
0: Right, right. There's tons of work at a law oh, office. I know it's, it's unbelievable. It's A few years
2: back, the, uh, the Workers' Compensation Appeals Board decided they were going to go paperless, I've never seen more paper energy right. <laughs> system than when they went paperless. So yeah, I uh What well, could be worse
1: because the federal courts they um, they went paperless too, but then they demanded that you send them a paper copy also. So, oh, great. And so you it's could, both. Yeah. yeah, and you get sanctioned if you don't send them a paper copy.
0: So Well what I remember because I've I've been a witness helping a Scott's firm with some cases as as the C P A And what I remember is those file boxes you have to bring to the courtroom. And the judge says, let me see that. And then the assistant or or the attorney has to go over to that file cart and find a piece of paper out of about 5,000 pages. I was always really impressed with that because if I had to do that, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing that business anymore. Well, even that was too stressful. Unless you have a giant staff, you guys have a lot of staff too, Scott. We, we do, no. and but back to the trial.
1: Even a blind squirrel finds an acorn once in a while. So sometimes <laughs> it just <laughs> gets lucky, because you that, know that's where being hyper organized uh, is is helpful when you're in trial. Hyper what?
2: Hyper organized. I know you don't know what that means. I know, but. All right. <laughs> so has anyone called?
0: Uh, I don't know. I think the, ma- the manager <laughs> will got, let us know. I got thirty-five it, phone calls. Comes in. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, so uh, what's up for this weekend, guys? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: we're really I'm just
2: scraping the
0: bottom of the barrel here for uh, filler. <laughs>
1: Honestly, we're um, we're trying to get a uh, this this week. I'm spending trying to get our private equity firm off the ground
0: because you you and your family, uh, Scott works with his brother and his father, and they they have about ten irons in the fire on any. Given. particular day
1: yeah and so we're uh right after the restaurant we um for those of you who don't know a private equity firm is basically a company that invests other people's money into things right into businesses into businesses like five dollars for a phone call like five dollars that <laughs> wasn't my five dollars
2: <laughs> <laughs> my my life is much simpler Harold. i'm gonna go see uh the cow bears play the Oregon ducks are you kidding me Sounds like fun yep where That's gonna be fun. in oregon or yep. in, in eugene Gonna go up and see uh, my daughter. oldest daughter, who's oh, is a, she an, a duck. She is a student at the University of Oregon, and uh, I've been telling her I want to come up and watch a game. So we chose the Cal Bears game. We're to go oh, check that out. Oh, that'll be cool. Oh, it'll be fun. We're yeah. looking forward to it. Whole family's going up. Who are you gonna cheer for? Well, that's difficult. We thought actually, we thought we would go over to Butte College and buy Aaron Rodgers Butte College jersey and just wear that and confuse
1: everybody in the stadium. Well, it's cool. Oregon. They're going to be confused already. No, Theirs going to be really high. <laughs> uh, that's what I say. Bring something shiny. You'll move to the front of the list. Is the weather munchies. going
0: to be good up there? Are what?
1: you seriously talking about the weather on your radio show? You said business oriented. If
0: we have covered so much. I think I think our listeners are getting actually overloaded right now. Overstimulation. Overstimulated. Over-stimulated yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. As soon as you started talking about private equity, I started to nod off. Yeah. So, I do Let's, want to hear a little bit more about Rock and Brews because I think that would be a fun place to have lunch. I will tell
1: you, I freaked out—or not freaked out—I geeked out the first time I met uh, Paul and Gene. Uh, Gene Simmons is like a marketing uh, right. He's like
0: a billionaire wizard. Yeah, and yeah. sitting and
1: standing next to him, he like goes right onto you. He's a he's a uh, like a guided missile. He just—I
0: I saw Paul Stanley perform live at the. Uh, Coach House down in uh, San Juan Capistrano. Yeah. He's
1: awesome. Was he, What the other members of KISS? or No, was it, it was just called uh,
0: Paul Stanley's Soul Station, and he had like a soul Motown review group. How long ago was that? About a year ago, a oh. year and a half ago.
1: Paul oh. Stanley, you could tell at this function, because it was the grand opening of a, uh, of a rock and Bruce down next to Knott's Berry Farm. Paul Stanley is just the quietest guy you ever met. He did not want to be there. I wow. mean, it was just like, oh. But Gene I, Simmons has no problem. Gene Simmons was making the rounds like like no one's business. Like, this was a college party, and he was everyone's dealer. And so
0: he was just going from group to group to group to group to group. And did he have a few drinks? I don't know. I can't really I tell always wonder if these him. billionaire guys drink a lot or if they just was, are more health conscious I honestly, when they're in their 60s or whatever. I honestly think that was more work for him, that
1: this is... this is. Uh, he, he took it seriously. The Gene Simmons brand, and the Gene Simmons brand is... Uh, people expect a certain thing. They come there to meet Kiss. They come there to meet Gene Simmons. And so he's going to do everything in his power. He is sh- so sharp when it comes to that. Paul Stanley, not so much. He's a brilliant musician and uh, nicest guy in the world, but he just... Not his cup of tea, those those marketing things. Those meet and greet kind of things. Yeah, and so I I met him and I sat down next to my brother and I looked at my brother and I said, the nine-year-old in me, because I was nine years old in the 70s when Kiss was popular, you probably don't remember because he was drunk. (laughs) And uh, I looked at him and I said, the nine-year-old in me is just geeking out right now. And I I had a panic attack just from meeting Paul Stanley. And this, this is
0: like an ordinary guy. Yeah, and it's like holy crap! I met wow. Paul Stanley. That's pretty cool. So um, were they there to sort of introduce people to the idea of having a rock and brews franchise? Was that it, the meeting? It was a grand opening, and I guarantee you, if you want
1: to have a grand opening for a rock and roll based um, uh, rock and roll based restaurant, you invite Kiss because Kiss fans are I know, insane. they're insane. I know. I uh, there was a section where because we were part of the the Franchise, we got to sit next to—I do not want to uh, I wanna say all the bigwigs because we were there, so I can't use that terms. So let's just say all the management people. And uh, there was a, a, a rope, and on the other side of the rope, fifty feet deep, are kiss fans, m- middle-aged to, men trying and to women with—yeah—and and they're and just seven. going insane. And I thought it hey, was
0: Peter Chris there. No, but Peter Ace
1: freely. You know what? They don't get to show up at the kiss events. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're kept in a
2: broom closet somewhere until they're needed. You know, you know it's, they're it's, more of an accessory. Right.
0: <laughs> so that that's pretty exciting. So, how many stores is this Rock and Brews trying to have?
1: They they want to expand uh, liberally. They have, can we get one
0: in Chico? I'm working on it. Gosh darn it! I'm tar- because a friend of mine and I looked up the requirements for a Hooters. And Chico did not qualify.
1: The the market cap on Hooters is like three point five million dollars. Yeah, it's huge.
0: And the population has to be about three times Chico. No, two. I
1: mean you can buy the Hooters franchise for three point five million. It is a walking talking Lawsuit just waiting to happen because you have a bunch of girls in skimpy clothes. You're looking at We're back to Mehdi's subject here. Yeah, we have, but,
0: I'm salivating. Yeah, I know. <laughs> to, no, no I mean, Business, business. <laughs> yeah, Not well, the girls, the sexual <laughs> harassment claim. Mehdi. The lawsuits, the lawsuits. And the right. Hooters owner calls you and you say, yeah, right, you <laughs> didn't do it. All of a sudden the clock just starts calling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To go on, so. there, is,
2: there is nothing worse than getting a call from a client who is adamant that they've done nothing wrong getting involved in a case and realizing that they've done Everything, Everything wrong. wrong.
0: Yeah, those, right. those coming to
1: Jesus talks are just yeah. awful. So
0: honestly, what are the chances that we could get a rock and bruise in Chico? Pretty
1: good, actually, because what, uh, our private equity firm was designed to bring foreign capital back to America and create jobs.
0: And even if they have losses, they're okay with that
1: for it, a little while? No. Then they're going to come after me, but at least we'd have a restaurant. Who cares? Yeah, you can <laughs> get you know? it built before that happens. Yeah. <coughs> You'll at least get one delicious hamburger before they uh, go to Chapter 13. They, those ham- <laughs> hamburgers are more than delicious. Those things are awesome. So, yeah, we said the vegetarian, said the vegetarian, <laughs> you know, but they have salmon burgers, you know, because salmon's a vegetable. <laughs> so you we, know,
0: Ronald Reagan said ketchup was a vegetable when they were going through the yeah, school well, lunch. Dan issue. Quayle said yeah. potato had an E on it. So don't believe everything politicians <laughs> say. <laughs> So no, that's, really, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, so um, we're
1: looking to build one here in town and uh, maybe up north and maybe down south and east and west.
0: I'm thinking you could put it right next to Buffalo Wild
1: Wings on the old
0: Montgomery Ward site.
1: We actually have a couple of oh, sites. You own that already. Sorry. No, <laughs> we have a couple of sites that we're looking at that... Um, Believe it or not, I have a purchase agreement sitting in my car. Oh, to, with the rock and bruise in mind? With the rock and bruise in mind. Nice.
0: And
2: so. I think that that spot you're thinking about, Harold, behind Buffalo Wild Wings is going to be a Galaxy's. I heard that a year or two ago, and then nothing. Nothing's ever happened, come of it, so, and that's so. kind of like
0: a nightclub idea or something.
2: It, it's kind of like a more sophisticated Dave and Buster's. Okay, uh, yeah, like the almost best way.
0: family oriented. Or, yeah, have you yeah. been to a Dave and Buster's? Oh my gosh. I've walked by it. one.
2: Really kids love Dave and Buster's. Yeah, Why? does it have like arcade games and yeah. stuff? Or yep. Okay? So it's based... it kind of like a
0: Chuck E. Cheese for Wait, it's, a, it's a Chuck a E. Cheese older? for adults. Yeah, yeah
2: more oh. or less. That sounds awful. Yeah. <laughs> well, except that you can let your kids play video games and drink. <laughs> the so. kids drink or I drink.
0: <laughs> Does anybody remember the old straw hat pizza on where oh, Bidwell yeah. Perk is now? Yeah, I do. Do and you it remember it? It turned into billiards, but at first it was like a straw hat.
2: No, the straw hat I remember is the one on Cohasset.
0: Or was it Pete? No, it was straw no, hat. No,
2: it was straw yeah.
1: hat.
0: You got My friend right. and I in college used to go play the best video game ever. I don't care what... Decade and century shooting one trap shoot. Yes, I love trap shoot. You you plan your shot and you hit both. What do you call those things? Uh, The skeets. The clay, yeah, the clay pigeons. Yeah, Yeah, the skeet shooting, yeah. And And it was called trap shoot. How do you not
1: remember that? You I, had like, there's this big, huge metal clunky controller. It I'm had, it Asian had Busters... one button. And you push the button. It was, it, it was weighed cool. 10 yeah, it pounds.
0: It was one button each, so You each get one. No, you had to pass it back to the You had to board. pass it. Okay. Yeah. I can't even and remember it,
1: that. And much. it was like this big, huge. Bridge.
2: There is a retro video game place in Sacramento. And the name it of might it, escapes, it, right? it might have it. It might have it. The name of it escapes me. I think it's called. Coins or something like that, right? And they serve they serve beer, but it's all retro, like seventies
1: and eighties stand up arcade games. Josh yeah, and I cool. have fifty arcade games sitting in that storage locker. Retro, Pac Man, Centipede. Yeah. Sell them to coins, or I could just no open. sell
0: them to Rock and Brews. Or
1: I'm not brews. putting that. I got <laughs> out of that business twenty years ago, kicking and screaming. Although now I'm I'm running an amusement park on the corner of Expedition and Arden in Sacramento called Rock and Brews. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when's or... your grand opening going to be? Probably next. Uh, we have the plans, so we're probably gonna open up sometime in March. Can uh, I
0: can I meet Gene Simmons you on your can. opening?
1: I have a sneaking suspicion I'm gonna have a lot of new friends when that thing. Oh yeah, you're gonna open. be but a popular
0: a, guy. Uh, first yeah. time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's first time for everything. Uh, well, well, it's really been good having you guys here. I appreciate you coming. And thanks uh, for having us, Harold. Yeah, I uh, I just really enjoy your. I knew you guys have. You Not only are you smart and you got the business sense, but you also have a lot of humor and uh, you've always been great for that. And I remember the night I came over to your hotel room in Sacramento and we studied for the bar.
1: When are you passing, Harold? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's one of those subjects we're not talking about. <laughs> I may take it again at some point now that my son's kind of grown up and I don't have summers taken up with my son's time yeah. being here. Yeah. I, I may take the bar again, so... No I'm always obvious. jealous of guys who passed it, but then again, yeah, I can tell <laughs> you, excuse me. I can tell you a lot of people. It's that, a lot of work. Yeah. I can
2: tell you a lot of people that passed it that are the reason I don't brag about being a lawyer. So. <laughs> right. Uh,
0: oh, and the other thing I forgot to mention is Scott Hubbard, I'm a CPA who'd like to be a lawyer. He's a lawyer who wants to be a CPA. Yeah, I keep taking that CPA exam, and I'm sure I'd do better if I studied.
1: <laughs> that would help. I'm not sure if that's a rung up or a rung down the social ladder. <laughs> I don't know. People might be a might, lateral move. It's people might slow yeah, down if they saw me in crosswalks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, having both would be good. So, you know, I'm I'll probably take it at some point. Yeah, but uh, and I'll promise to encourage you. Well, it's, that's great. I'll I appreciate
1: rag that. on you till you do. Plus, they cut it down to two days now. Well, that's
0: so. good for me because I'm great at the multiple choice and not so great at the written. So,
2: well, and I, I will say this: Scott is the reason why I passed the bar.
0: I remember he told you you get down there, right, Yeah. On, yep. on that particular mm-hmm. I was, I
2: was I was not going to
1: do it, and he said, look, if you don't take the test, I know you won't pass. That's not what I said. My exact words, Medi, if you don't study for the exam, if you get drunk the night before on a fifth of vodka, if you stagger out of bed hungover, still drunk from the night before, and take the bar exam, there is a chance... You might pass it.
0: <laughs> if you don't sign up, I guarantee you, you won't. The problem with the bar is you have to pay for it about four months in advance, and it's, what, now about 800 bucks or It's expensive. Or something. It's expensive. Plus a hotel room. And right. Everything. It's very costly. So. Yeah. Hey, it's really been good talking to you guys. Thanks a lot. We'll see you again. Hey, everybody, I'll see you again next time on Business Buzz.